Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 26 of License to Car Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt Jay and with me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty well, Matt. Had a quick shopping trip to Walmart, um, so that was miserable. Ooh, yeah, I was going to say, that yeah, sounds like... Uh, but- yeah, it's always, I go to Walmart like four times a year. Every time I go, it reminds me why I don't go. And then like the memory sort of dulls a little bit. And I'm like, we need some, we'll just like, we'll run in and out. It'll be super fast. It's never fast. Like, yeah, but we did get signed up for a new internet because new our internet. internet is did you, did you, terrible. Yeah, just a whole new did one. Did you just buy a whole um, new internet at Walmart? Yeah, whole new internet, Matt. Um Basically, everything is gone. It's just, it's actually, the podcasts are still there, and then everything else has been reset to, like, 2004. Uh, you know what, Dave? Where can I sign up? Walmart. Walmart is the place. No, I just, we're going with it. We have a new people, like, I came, my buddy bear was like, I gotta poop. So we're like, all right, let's go poop. So I took him to go poop, and then uh, I came back. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. Okay, you were already at Walmart. I feel like I, I, I'm understanding this you know, story I didn't slightly take him out to of Walmart. order. Yeah, I didn't take him to Walmart to poop, Matt. We were we were at Walmart. Okay, well, that makes more sense. And so I come, we come back, and my wife is talking to a internet service provider guy, and it's going to be like thirty bucks cheaper than what we're paying, and supposedly way faster. So that's cool. Because my internet is terrible and I pay too much money for it. Uh, your internet so is all, terrible. all told, it is. It's really, it's shockingly bad. So all told, uh, you know, net positive experience. All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what else was a net positive experience, Dave? Episode 26 of Geki Sen Sentai That alley-oop I just throwed you? That Was that it? That I throwed you? Yeah, yeah. Woo! You want to take that one again or we're just going to leave that in the episode? Nah, let's just let's just roll, man. All let's right. Just do well, it. episode twenty six. This is raw audio. Kikiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called the Nonstop Home Weapon Delivery. It's the funniest episode of this show so far. It's very, very good. Uh, but before we get into that, Dave, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, Matt, is tomorrow is our first day back to school. Ooh, and yeah, it is. You know, it's weird. Uh, summer vacation. I've said in the past that summer vacation is too long. That's not actually true. Here's what I realized. Summer vacation is too long if you expect me to go back to work afterwards. Because it's like a long enough break that you really get in the habit of being on break. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a vacation. You're like, oh, like I'm on vacation and like whatever. But you know, like I'm going to go back to work in like a few days. So you never get, like, too far off your rhythm. Summer vacation is long enough. You've got a completely new rhythm, and then you have to go back to school. But I'm actually looking forward to... Uh, I'm looking forward to going back to school because... Because I like my job, honestly. Um, well, that's nice. I like my job, and I'm stoked about the classes I'm teaching. It is. I'm excited about the classes I'm teaching this year, and I have a whole new... I've got a, a, I've got a whole new approach Basically, uh, fueled by just the realization that, like, looking at a group of kids and being like, well, you should already know how to do this. Like, while it, while it's not wrong, and it is, like, very tempting, it is ultimately a useless thing to say. Right. Because it's like, well, you should know how to do it, but you, but you don't. So, like, saying that you should know how to do it is, is stupid and pointless. And so I, I've revamped everything, basically. So, uh, so I'm ex- this isn't a joke. I'm just excited to go into the new school year and uh, try out this whole new stuff on just like a big, a big batch of guinea pigs, um, you know, at taxpayer expense. Sure, sure, sure. But I think course. it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have confidence. Yeah. That's 
That's really the hallmark of my life now. Yeah, if it doesn't work out... Is good intentions and a lot of confidence. Sure. If it doesn't work out this year, you got three more years to fix it. For, for an incoming... Three? For an in- three? Man, I'm, I'm in there for like... Yeah, dude, I got like... Oh, before they yeah, graduate. Yeah, before they graduate. Right? If you really say, screw up... I got 25 up a, years left. Right, if you screw up a set of freshmen real bad this year, you've got a couple of years that you can turn that around. I can just like, I'd sort of loop around and see what I can do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm certain... And it's... What's also wild is that um, I think I mentioned this. We have we have a new daughter, and she's been with us all summer. She's great, and uh, she is going to the high school. Oh, the one you so teach at. So I now I am teaching at the high school. Yeah, the one that I teach at because I live right by it, and so she's living here. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. So she's going there. It does, and so I do have like a very weird experience of like like I am now a parent mm-hmm. also. At the school, and we <laughs> we went to register for classes, and you know, like do all the things that you have to do for like a child that is going into school. Sure. And there was a bunch of stuff that like I didn't know, and people were like, "You work here?" And I was like, "Yeah, not doing this. Right, I work in a different part of like, the building." <laughs> like, right? Like I do a different thing. Like I've never done this part before. Like I don't know what forms you have to sign. That's not part of my job. Right. I did not. Um, write so we did those eventually. Forms. We actually didn't get all the forms signed. Right. Like I have. We have new forms that we have to catch up on this week. So anyway, so that's it. So I'm I'm getting up crazy early tomorrow to sort of do all the last minute stuff, and then I'm gonna I'm going back to school. It's exciting. All right. What Matt is our. Second star of the Dave, week. Our second star of the week is uh, as as you are going back to school. I'm also preparing for the fall in my own way. Uh, I just bought a new jacket. Nice. Now, now are you going to try and transition? Is your reign ending? Uh, oh no, is no, this no. Going to be like a uh, I, I, you know, I, I will. King of Summer is dead. Long live the King of Autumn. I will deal with that when it comes to it. I I actually don't feel like I'm at the end of summer. Like. Since I have stopped living in a school calendar... No, 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 it's not. I'm just... uh, Since I've stopped living in a school calendar, and since, like, the world is hotter, usually, I now sort of mentally reckon uh, the summer between... Neat, neat, neat. That's a fun thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Um, But I now sort of mentally reckon that summer runs, like, from the beginning of June through the end of September. And I know that that is not, like, actually true, but it is true in my heart. Because, like, honestly, it, it, it never starts to feel like autumn until the end of s- September anyway. And my birthday is on August 1st. So that gives that puts my birthday, like, exactly that's in the middle a, of d- summer. Right, right in the middle. No, that's ideal, yeah. So I'm not dealing with uh, laying down my crown for another while yet. But, I, you know, I'm making plans. Uh, and plus, you know, I'm a man, jacket man. I just... You know, I'm a jacket man. I know you're a jacket... No, I'm just saying, I think as a responsible regent, you have to... You have to make plans for... You know, your essential, uh, you know, inevitable bequeathal of the throne. Yeah. So anyways, this jacket. Okay, so I bought this new jacket, right? I was, it's a very good jacket. I've seen it. Yeah, so I was on eBay, and I saw that there was a, like, old red denim jacket. Like a, like a Levi's trucker jacket from I don't know when. And I sort of hemmed and hawed about bidding on it for a while. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Like, I'm going to have a predetermined amount in mind, and I'm just going to, like, bid on it up till then. And if I don't get it, I'm not going to buy the jacket. So I started bidding on this jacket, and what I realized immediately is that somebody else had put in, like... eBay has a thing where if you put in, like, a maximum amount, it'll just sort of, like, make the minimum next bid until it hits the maximum amount that you put in. So somebody had gone in and said, I will pay up to $50 for this jacket. Um, but I did not get up to $50 for that jacket. I was just sort of like bouncing back and forth like, ah. And when I got up to about 40 I was like, you know what? This jacket is not, I can't spend that much money on this. I felt very like sad about it. And so I just did another quick eBay search for like vintage Levi red denim jacket. And another one mm-hmm. popped up and it said it was a large. And I looked at it and it looked like it was in good shape. And there was a buy it now option. So I just bought it like right then and there. Like, within sure. within five minutes of not getting the other one, I pulled the trigger on this one. It arrived at my apartment, Dave, and I tried it on. And some of you, if you follow me on, if you follow uh, at Super Sentai Bros on Twitter, will have seen the picture of this jacket. But man, I'm like 50-50 on whether or not this is a men's coat or a women's coat. Like, I don't actually care because I like the coat. 
But I just, I don't know, and I can't find any evidence one way or the other. Like, yeah, half if of, you're not half of the jacket sure, construction, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, if you didn't see the picture, this jacket exists somewhere in a space between, like, Canada from Akira and Ulysses S. Archer from US-1. Yeah, it's kind of in that zone. Yeah, it's, no, it's a good jacket. You look real cool in it. Thank you, I appreciate that. But the construction of the jacket is very, like, half of it definitely seems like it is a men's coat that was made for someone my size, and half of it seems like it is a women's coat meant for someone a foot shorter than me. And, like, I cannot wrap my head around which one it actually is because it's old enough and like it's a weird enough style that I'm like, man, this like maybe this is a women's jacket or maybe they just made this one weird and like we're really <laughs> going for something in the 80s. Anyway, that's all. I just this this jacket took up a lot of brain space for for me for the last week. Uh and I just wanted to uh share that with you, the listener. Uh Dave, what is our third star of the week? So, Matt our third star of the week is a special surprise for you, Matt J. Okay. And it's something, yeah, it's something that my lovely wife, Bethany, saw uh, while she was on a trip. She was down in Austin visiting some family. Mm-hmm. And she was in a sort of, uh, around here, there's a legacy village in Crocker Park. They, If you live in a moderate-sized city, there's probably one by you. It's a sort of, Freshly constructed, um, like old world downtown, right? There's like apartments. Right. I mean, it's, and like it's also sort of like it's a mall. It's like a it's mall, a mall that but there's roof. no roof. Yeah, yeah. So she's in this place. I don't recall what it is, and she sees a bookstore. Okay, and she looks inside. Are we and talking like says, a Barnes and Noble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a a physical bookstore. And she looks inside and she says, wow, that bookstore looks really familiar. Like just sort of the aesthetic of the bookstore. It look, you know, it seems very, she's like, this seems really familiar. What does this look like? And she's sort of puzzling over it as she's walking by for a minute. And she says, dude, and it's a large bookstore. Okay. She says, this bookstore is sort of like a, this is like a dead ringer for an old borders. Okay. Like, she's like, this looks like, it just looks like a borders. Like, the vibe is very similar. Right. borders it's got, had like, a look. Right, borders had a look. And like, this place looks like a borders, right? It's got tchotchkes and all these things. Here's the good part. She walks around the corner, Matt, mm-hmm. and she looks up at the sign for this bookstore and I would ask you to guess, but you won't guess. And the sign for this bookstore, Matt, is... I, sorry, I'm just... I'm relishing this moment. The sign for this bookstore, Matt, is Amazon.com bookstore. <laughs> it is an Amazon bookstore that looks just like a Borders. So, okay, when you say it looks just like a Borders, do you mean that it is a new bookstore... That was constructed to look like a Borders bookstore? Or no, do this you is mean, a do, new... Yeah, no. This okay. is a new bookstore. Okay, because here's what I thought you were saying. I thought that you were saying that Amazon.com, like, basically, like, you know, put Borders out of business. And then circled around, bought an empty Borders, did not bother to redecorate, put up a new sign, and started selling books out of it. I mean, they didn't. They did like they I mean, didn't they buy essentially old, They did. built a new Borders. They built a new Borders, and now it's Amazon.com, the physical bookstore. Did the sign actually say .dot com? I don't like, think when it you said had to dot walk com. through the door that said Amazon.com, because that is the final indignity, right? No, I I don't think it was, it was .dot com. I think it was just Amazon. The fact that Amazon is okay. I, I do. I genuinely do not want to start going on like a Amazon.com tirade because Matt, this we is, will be no, here no, no, all no, night. Please do. This is literally the only reason I told you this because Beth was like, "I cannot wait to hear what Matt has to say about about this like a gross injustice." Well, see, here's the thing: it's an like it's an incredibly gross injustice, and it feels like a personal insult to me, a longtime Borders employee. But there are no jokes about it. It's just going to be me getting really mad about what Amazon has done to America's economy. <laughs> 
Like there aren't. This is not a laugh a minute conversation. Unfortunately, I wish that it was. I mean, I oh, could dude. make jokes about Jeff Bezos literally looking and acting like Lex Luthor all the time, but um, I mean, there's not I a punchline am... to that. He's just a wicked man. Dude, I am looking at pictures. I am. It's called Amazon Books. I am, in fact, looking at it, and do it's. It's not a total dead ringer. It is like slightly more like industrial, but like outside of that, yeah, man, that's a borders. And Amazon making a physical bookstore. It's just like, you know, they don't need to, right? Like they're already selling all the books they care to. They don't make money off of books. Like that is no longer their business model. That's just a thing they used to do that's still on oh. the website, right? Oh yeah, no, no, no. This is incredible for two reasons. Like, A, because it's like it's like the novelization of a movie. Right. Like, why did you do that? We all have already seen the movie. Second of all, it's just it's so like useless and degree it's it's gotta just be like a flex. Right. It's gotta like, just it is, be like there, Jeff Bezos knowing that he's frittering away money to like piss on the corpse right. of like a bookstore. It's like if he came to my house, burned down my house, like bought the garage next to my house, bulldozed it, built a fancy little garage made a tiny replica of my apartment in that garage and put a sign on the front that said Amazon's mat. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, he, I feel like you nailed that one. <laughs> it's just upsetting, Dave. Anyways, Matt, what, what is... You know, he's making started? a thing called a war cloud. Is he literally making something cool? I did see that there was a big blimp that said Amazon out of it, and then there were just, like, drones flying into Dave, it out of the blimp. You know what's shocking? That's unrelated to the war cloud. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, this is... Listen, Matt, 2020 is in a very few months, and I've heard people say this before. I feel like we are being cheated of the cyberpunk dystopia that we were promised. Like, if all this is happening anyways, I should at least be able to get, like, super chromed out. Dude, Not that's, that I could that's part of why I bought public... that jacket, honestly. Yeah. Like, half of me be... buying that red denim jacket with, like, the weird striped interior. It's like, man, if we're going full cyberpunk, I may as well start dressing weird. Just do it. Get a chrome arm. Be... Man, I can't... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the... I can't remember, like, the term for cool. What was it? It's, um... Shway? No. No, it's Batman it? Beyond. That might be Batman Beyond. It's definitely Anyways, Batman Matt, Beyond. what is our fourth star of the week? Uh, speaking of Lex Luthor, I just watched the pilot episode of The New Adventures of Lois and Clark. Or Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Whatever that show was called. Like, wait. wait. The ter with Terry Hatcher? Yeah, the Terry Hatcher, Dean Kane show. So, uh, Cody, friend of the show... Was yeah. up here for my birthday a few weeks ago. He right. got me a subscription to DC Universe Online for my birthday. Nice. Which was nice, really nice, lovely. Nice, nice, nice. But Gosh, thanks, Cody. The nice thing about DC Universe Online is that it doesn't just have the comics. It has TV shows. And what I've discovered, Dave, is that... Oh, it, dude. It has TV shows yeah. that don't exist anyplace else. Yeah, it, That's what, like, Doom Patrol is. Yeah. Well, it doesn't just have the TV shows that they've made for this. It has all the other old DC shows. No, well, I mean, yeah, clearly you just watched it. So, like, the the old black and white Superman show is on here. Um, like, old, uh, the old, like, I think Wonder Woman is on here. And Lois and Clark is on here. Dave, the pilot episode of Lois and Clark is an hour and a half long. Well, okay. Which is, I, as I recall, much longer than the show. I think, was was it an hour show? Or like 45 uh, minutes mean, with, yeah, commercials? with commercials? Yeah. Um, dude. The pilot for, I, 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 full disclosure, that is the first episode of Lois and Clark I've watched in probably 20 years. So mm -hmm. I have no recollection of whether or not the series, like, continues to be good. I remember good parts of it. I remember bad parts of it. But I was going to say, there were, I mean, we watched it, like, pretty regularly. Like, it was a feature where, like, oh, man, this show is on. Now, it could have just been that, like, there was a superhero show. But I recall it being pretty good. Yeah, Dave, it's pretty good. Um, okay, here's what happens in this first episode of uh, Lois and Clark. I'm not in any particular order. I'm just giving you bullet points here. 
Um, and contrast this in your mind against basically every other piece of Superman, like, live-action media that has happened since Lois and Clark, okay? Mm-hmm. In this episode, um, first of all, it, like it says on the cover, like, it's basically a half low. it's a great Lois Lane story and a great Clark Kent story, like, nice. intertwined into one good story. Um, Clark Kent shows up in Metropolis while Lois Lane is in the middle of running down to, like, a dangerous lead to get a story that she's wanting to get. Love it. Uh... Lex Luthor is like he has hair, but otherwise is kind of a perfect Lex Luthor. Like he's Great. like super selfish and like self-aggrandizing, but in a way that he tries to make himself look like he's a great guy to everybody in the city, but Superman's able to see through it, and like Lois is as well. It's Okay. Um, let's see. Perry White is very good. Superman, okay, in the first episode, Superman shows up, gets a job, um, by like gumption he uh he he saves an old woman from being crushed inside of a theater that's being demolished and then he stays there with the old woman and listens to her finish her monologue and talks to her about the theater because he cares about people love it and then like he and lois go on this like reporter detective thing uh they end up like saving a spaceship they they save two spaceships uh, at the end, he picks up the spaceship and flies it into space because they had already, like, fired the rockets but hadn't launched because there was a bomb on board that he swallowed to save all the people. Uh, cool. He flies. He picks. He puts on his costume. His mom makes him his costume. Uh, his mom makes him his costume during a costume tryout montage that is set to holding out for a hero. Everything you're telling me about this is brilliant. Like, it's... Terry no ha- wonder this show got made. Yeah, this yeah, dude, pilot sounds fantastic. Terry Hatcher is amazing in this show. Dean Kane, pretty good. Pretty actually, actually pretty good. <laughs> um, anyway, well, I don't. I don't like, have that service. It's so like I can't eight, watch it, but it sounds great. It's like eight to ten percent hornier than I remember from when I was a kid. Like not I much, but a, but enough. Um, yeah, dude, Lois and Clark. Uh, it's. I just want all of those things to happen in other Superman shows. I haven't. I have not watched beyond the first season of Supergirl. I understand that Superman shows up in that and is very good, but like, man, com- like when I compare and contrast that pilot to the movie Man of Steel, I just get really sad because like you had it, you figured it out, you you did the you thing. already did, you already done did it right in Man of Steel. He does not put on a pair of glasses and walk into the Daily Planet building until like. The post-credit sequence or something—it's absurd. And by that point, Lois already knows that he's Superman. Yeah, dude, we we can't talk about it again. But we've already talked about what a disaster that movie is. It's very, very. Yeah. Bad. Anyway, Lois and Clark, dudes. Uh, if you don't have the DC Universe, the, you could probably find the pilot on YouTube or something. I don't know. It's good, or just like remember it fondly if you're old enough to have seen it. Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So, man, our fifth and final star of the week is actually, it's actually a black hole. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. I mean, it's funny in retrospect, which is why I'm going to tell you the story. In the moment, it was, this was the super, this is like the theoretical supermassive black hole that exists at like the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. So here's, here's the story, Matt. Here's the scoop, see? Here's the scoop, see? So... Two weeks ago, my toilet stops working properly. Like, you can flush it, kind of. And you can get things down, so that's good. Okay. Like, with a plunger. But, like, it's not working. I'm like, okay, well, this is this is bad. Okay, go on. So I call, yeah. So I call my home warranty people, and I say, hey, I have this problem. And they say, we will send somebody out. I say, great. So the plumber comes out. And he's messing around with it. And he says, well, listen, he comes down after a little while and he says, listen, you definitely have something in the toilet. Like there's something blocking this toilet. And I'm fairly certain. And I I can't proceed because like, I don't know, like he's a subcontractor. He's like, I have to call your home warranty people and see if they will cover further work. And I say, okay. So I get it. He leaves. I get a call back from the home warranty people. They say, sorry. We don't cover foreign objects in the in the toilet. 
like because that's not like you did that like someone in your household put something in that toilet that's not like a home warranty issue okay and i say annoying but fair enough so i'm trying to figure out what to do beth mentions this to our good friend jen wife of bill friend of the show and she's like, oh, she's like, I actually kind of do a lot of the plumbing around our house. She's a very handy person. She's like, I've got this like industrial like auger. I have replaced toilets before. Like, I'll come over and I'll give you a hand with the, with the toilet. Right awesome. On. Thank you so much. So she comes over. We, we kind of mess around with this auger. We're like, whatever this is, like, it's really in there. Like, we can't figure out what the problem is. So we take the toilet up. So we like turn the valve off, we drain the toilet, we take the toilet up off the floor, we put it in the bathtub, and we then proceed to spend two and a half hours th- oh with, with this auger trying to clear out this toilet. Now, we here's the good part. We do eventually... Sorry, the good part about the story is... Everything is fine. Okay. So is the thing in the toilet pipe or is it like in the pipe below the toilet? Yeah. Thank God it's in the toilet itself. Okay. Because if it had gotten into the pipes, we would have been like, you know, we would have had to like tear the walls out or whatever to get to this thing. So it's in the pipe. What it turns out to be is part of a vacuum attachment. Okay. Okay. We do eventually, we do eventually get this thing out. Great. Takes about two and a half hours. We're like, cool. So we, we... We have a wax ring. We put the toilet back on the thing. We hook it back up to the uh, to the water, and we're like, okay, you know, like let's we flush it, and make sure everything's sealed. We flush it. We're like, ah, we didn't quite get the seal. Like the wax didn't quite seal right. We didn't heat it up enough. We got to take it off and start over. Okay. So, I I turn the valve off. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I turn the valve to what is supposed to be off. And I go... Well, that doesn't sound uns- promising, Dave. It's not promising, Matt. So I go and I go to unscrew the toilet. And when I unscrew the toilet, what the valve has broken. And so it, <laughs> it looks as though it's off and it's not. And water is spewing into my bath everywhere. All right? It's spewing into my bathroom everywhere. And I'm like... Oh no! Well, I was like, maybe I turn for some reason. I'm like, maybe I turned it the wrong way. So I like crank it back the other way. It's not working. I'm like, maybe I can like get it back on like over the water pressure. That's not happening. But I like mess around with it for thirty seconds, and I'm like, okay, I have to run downstairs and like get get the valve off. I run downstairs. Beth is like, what's happening? I'm like, can't talk. I'm like the the kids. I'm like, you know, yelling obscenities because I'm. Blah! Sure, sure. And the dripping right, wet. The kids are obviously upset. What and mean at the meantime, water is still spraying, spraying everywhere into the bathroom. It is leaking down into the floor through the pipe, the hole that the radiator pipe goes through. Okay. So now water is pouring down from the ceiling or in in like the entryway. Okay. Right. I finally get. I run downstairs. Right, and I get the emergency valve off. Thank God, this emergency valve works. Right. Because I hadn't checked the emergency valve first, which is something you should always do. I didn't do it. But the, the emergency valve works. So I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Then I noticed something. Mm-hmm. Because down in my basement, Matt. So this is the end of the, this is the end of part one of the story. Okay. So, because part this the end of that part of the story is we go, we buy a new valve, we get a new wax ring, we put the toilet, we put the new valve on, we put the new wax ring on, we put the toilet down, everything's fine. Okay. That all happens after what I'm about to tell you. So, I'm down in my basement, and down in my basement, I have a big chest freezer. Yeah. Right? Now, I should say I did not buy this chest freezer. This chest freezer was already here when I bought the house. But... We plugged it in. It's fine. Great. Chest freezer came with the house. You know what I mean? Like Perfect. fridge came with the house. Stove came with the house. Chest freezer came with the house. Cool. And I, and I'm down there and I say to myself, the basement is remarkably quiet, Matt. Why is, why is the basement? I didn't say Matt. I said, basement's remarkably quiet. Right. Why is the basement quiet? 
the chest sound. What sound that should be happening? What sound that should be happening isn't happening. And I turn to my right, and I realize, Matt, that the chest freezer is not making the sound that it's supposed to make, Matt. Is it it's is not it making, making any sound at all? It's not making any sound at all, Matt, because the chest freezer has died. Now, I wonder how long ago was the last and time I, it made that sound. And I say to myself, well, that's not good. No. And I say, and I say, no. I was like, I don't smell anything. Well, the door is closed. So the door is closed. And I say, I don't smell anything. So maybe this is fairly recent. You know, within the last, I, I don't know. Recent enough maybe that... Maybe I kicked the plug out in my haste. Yeah. So I, well, I didn't. I saw that the plug was in. But recent enough that, that this is okay. I mean, not okay, okay, but like semi-okay. And I opened the fridge, the freezer mat, and it was not okay. No? It's, it's very <laughs> not okay. Like, ext- just extraordinarily. So not okay that I'm not... I just shut the door. So not okay, Matt, that I'm not cleaning this thing. So not okay that I looked into, like, biohazard disposal firms. (laughs) And it's, I mean, and the answer is, they exist, and they will come out to your house and deal with a situation exactly like this. For, like, not an insubstantial amount of money, but, like, I legitimately, I don't think I can throw this stuff away. Like, I think it's a, like, it's, I think it might be a biohazard to put this away. Like, it might be illegal for me to just try and put this out with the garbage. I mean, I feel like eventually all bio becomes biohazard, right? Like, if you wait long well, enough? Yeah, well, I I think I may have waited long enough, Matt. <laughs> so here is the other... So is it here still is, down okay. there? Yeah. What? I, I mean, I don't know, I I don't know how long ago this story the, happened. I just shut the door. I just shut the door again. I was like, well, the seal is holding, and I got to call a biohazard guy. Like, I don't have a solution. <laughs> and then the other thing is, this is like a big chest freezer. It's in my basement. So right. like, I got to get somebody to clean this thing out, and then I have to get rid of it somehow? I don't know. Here is the other... This So all of this is bad. You don't say... Here is, here's the worst part of this, Matt. I, and I can joke about it now. I was really sad in the moment. Because I had this chest freezer, this was something I could put off. I, I never got around to burying Schrodinger. Oh, Dave. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, dude was just in... I mean, he was wrapped in, like, many layers, so he wasn't, like... It, it was He was in a freezer, so he wouldn't as, like, infecting anything in there. But, like... Yeah, dude was just on deep freeze until I was, like, going to get around to burying him. And because I have two-year-old twins, I don't get around to anything. So, like... He's just... I mean, listen, that, that cat shuffled off this mortal coil... His his spirit went wherever cat spirits go, but like I don't think you're supposed to put food that you intend to eat in a chest freezer with a dead cat. Well, to be fair, I put the dead cat in the chest freezer. The food was already like I see. He was like wrapped in like a bunch of bags and like surrounded and in a box and everything. Like he was pretty sealed, but like still. That's... I mean, I don't. Listen, I didn't op- I didn't see him or anything. Like I just opened the door and said, "Oh," and then shut the door. But uh but yeah, so that's that's the saga good of that gravy. Yeah. Dave, when you wrote supermassive black hole in our uh script as uh star number 5, I genuinely assumed that you had some jokes about a supermassive black hole somewhere in the galaxy. Oh, no, that would have been funny, though. No. I mean, listen, it's a, like, listen, all things considered, I'll laugh about it more once I've already paid the biohazard people, because, again, but, like, uh, you know, so that's the story. And the thing is, now this is, now a, this is recorded. Now you have to call them, because this is evidence. If you them. put this stuff in the trash, someone will find out. Someone will find out. Anyways, long, it's, a, it's a pretty funny story. So, Matt, um, 
Let's cheer ourselves up after that debacle. <laughs> yes, Dave. Uh, let's uh, take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about episode 26 of Gekiso Sentai Car Ranger. It is called The Nonstop Home Weapon Delivery. It was written by Naruhisa Arakawa. Its original air date was August 23rd, 1996. It's a hoot and a half. You can watch it on shoutfactory.tv or on the DVDs if you have them. Uh, I recommend this one. And we'll be right back. Okay, welcome back. Episode 26. Dave, we're on a hot streak right now with this show. Dude, I just... Man, I deeply hope that this is like very indicative of the way that the rest of the show is going to go because this is a fantastic episode. It's funny, like it's it's not just funny in the way that like oh I like these shows and this is a fu- and this is an episode that is designed around humor. Like I feel like if you were to sit down somebody, get the have them watch like another episode of a Sentai to get them past like the original like system shock of like what on earth is this, and then show them this with no context, I still think it would be funny. It is. It is. You no, know, it's it's genuinely a very funny episode. Okay, so let's get into it. So we, as we begin the episode, Minoru is showing up to the Pegasus Motors garage, and everyone is furious with him. And they're like, "Dude, what did you do? Like, there was a box here this morning. It's not here anymore. Like, what have you done, you fool?" <laughs> Yeah, like, and he's like, "What, what do you, what do you guys mean?" And then he, like, he goes on to tell a very sweet story. He's like, "Yeah, do you remember?" Our- he's like, "There was this old lady, and she's like, she was our first customer, or like her husband was, or something, and like she moved away, and we've kept in touch with her, and she has a grandson. So like, I bought. He made like a care package. He bought like a special cradle and packed it full of like kid stuff, and like he's like, and I sent it off to her." Here's the packing slip. And they say, okay, that's great. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. That's Thank awesome, Minoru. Great job. Quick question, though. And they, like, grab him and march him over to a box that is sitting in the room. And they open it up, and it is full of a special cradle and a bunch of care package stuff. And they say, so what is this, then? If you mailed the crib this morning, buddy. He's like, uh... I am not. Like, oh man! And they're like, okay. Here's what you did. You don't know this because you haven't been paying attention. But the rest of us have all been very hard at work building the Giga Booster, which is our new bazooka. <laughs> like the four, which is so I love. I really so they have, and we get like a quick montage of them like designing and working and building and all this stuff. I was really hoping that they were going to say like, and we ordered it and it's here. They didn't. They built it themselves. And they, they, but, they put it in a box so that their boss wouldn't see it. Now, yeah. to be fair, they should have just put it in their secret base that is in the back room of this garage that their boss doesn't know about. <clears throat> yeah, that also would But then we wouldn't have an episode. So whatever. Yeah. And, they, and, he's, so, and they're like, listen, Minoru, you did this. You probably didn't know that we were doing this because you slept through all of our hard work because you're our sales rep, so you know nothing about designing and building cars. Yeah. And they're like... And we get like a flashback someone... of like all of them like hard at work and him literally <laughs> asleep with his feet up on the desk. So they say, listen, if somebody who is not a car ranger uses this thing... I don't know why. Like, it will explode and everyone in like a multi multi-city radius or something, like, will die. And Minoru... Which seems grossly irresponsible of them. Well, I mean, they weren't planning on handing it out. It would also destroy the city if somebody else just wandered around in RV Robo. I mean, okay, yeah. I just, I feel like RV Robo has, like, you know, certain safety protocols in that, like, it can only be summoned by the rangers. Like, they don't leave RV Robo sitting around, I don't know... In a cardboard box, where, like, literally anyone could find it. Okay, now, only they can summon it, but if you put it in a series of shipping containers and mailed it to somebody, like, that would be a lot of postage, but they'd get it. So, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> so, Minoru has this, like, vision of this grandmother and baby, 
like pressing the button on this thing and it exploding. He says, oh my gosh, I need to leave immediately to go get this thing back. So he picks up the box. He's like, I'm going to fix this. He does the Excel change. He's like, I'm the green racer and I've, I'm the I'm going to hero this up and save the day. Um, yeah. Uh, Dapu rolls out. He's like, hey, we've got a problem. The Bozoker here. Uh, Mineru is already gone. And then the rest of the four of them are going to go deal with this new monster. Yeah. So we get this week's monster, who is incredible. Yes. He is Didi Donmo, and he is their best catalog shipper. Now, I... <laughs> so at, very, at, fir- at first in this season, I feel like they tried pretty hard to be like, oh, yeah, here is the theme of a monster who, like, makes sense as they would be, like, part of a of a reckless driving gang. Sure. Right? Like, the first monster, like, brought cars to life with music. Yeah, like, that all works. This dude, his whole thing is that he has a catalog, and he's very good at ordering from it. Right. His hand is a phone, and also his ears are phones. A lot of him is phone. He's just kind of a phone... Yeah. He's a phone monster. And... And so he just, like, that's his thing, is that he orders stuff from a catalog. It works out really well. So we see uh, Minoru, and he is in, he's driving around in um, Dragon Dragon Thunder? Dragon Racer? Uh, Dragon Thunder, yeah. Dragon Thunder. He's driving around in Dragon Thunder. He's like, boom, I got a car navi. I'll just punch in. This is, like, the best car in GPS ever, because he can just punch in an object that is moving, and it'll be like, take me to that thing. Well, this is also the same GPS that they designed to be able to, like, home lasers in on invisible monsters. Yeah. So, that that actually tracks. And plus, so, I, he can probably, like, hone in on the, like, the car magic that is powering Giga Oh, Beaster, okay. Right? No, no, no. That, that, that works. That works. I didn't need you to, to mention that, but I like that you did, because it does add another layer. So, we we get Didi Don... Didi Don Mo. Didi Don Mo. I was about to say BB Donpa, but that's not him. Didi Donmo. And Didi Donmo, he's like, hey, here's how it works. You open a catalog. So if you've never, um, depending on how old you are, a catalog is like an Amazon, but it's printed out and on paper. Right. What if website was book? That's a catalog. What if, yeah, what if website was book? That's a catalog. So. Yeah, and then he would, and you, you would dial, and then you would talk, you would call, and you would talk to a human. Well, you might. And you would... This, this one seems to... I don't know if you're talking to or, like, doing a, a dial tone thing. Yeah. And you would talk to a human, and then... Or you would fill out a form, also that was on paper, mm-hmm. with, a, with a pen. A pen is like a stylus... But it writes, it writes with a thing on paper. Right. So you would get a form on paper, and you would fill it out with a pen, and you would tell them what you wanted, and then you would put it in the mail. Now the mail, you see, the, the mail, mail is like a the mail is like email, but there's no e except, but there's no e. It's just a thing. It's a piece of paper, and you put it outside, like, and then a person picks it up and carries it to a place. It's like and sliding then, into someone's DMs, but it takes three to five business days. Yeah. And then they would get the mail, and then they would look at it, and they would say, oh, Matt J would like this thing. And then they would put a sticker on it, and then they would send it out to you, and it would arrive eventually. Sure. You would so have no way of knowing of when it was thing. going to arrive, because there was no way yeah, to track the just, package, but... Yeah, it would just, one day it would be there. And that would be a good day. And that was a cool day, yeah. Now, it works a little differently in this show. because It does work a little bit differently in this show. Because he's doing it by phone, he's not doing it by mail. And he also, uh, instead of having to wait for the, the postal service to bring it, there is a rocket ship that flies past the city and shoots a laser beam out. And that laser beam contains the package. So this is, I'm really excited for Amazon to roll out new Amazon laser. I mean, it's kind of like Amazon the drone blimp, right? I think it actually kind of is like the drone blimp. So I'm if is the drone does the drone blimp get filled up every day or does it just have like 
a lot like the stuff that an algorithm determines most people would want. Uh, I, I think then... it's the latter. My understanding is that a lot of the way that Amazon manages to deliver things like same day or next day, if you don't live near a fulfillment center, is that they are like whatever Amazon truck is on the road at any given time always has a box of HDMI cables because they know that people are always ordering HDMI cables. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then it would be delivered via via blown blown drimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drone blimp drone. Um Yep. Yeah. So anyway. Super great. So good. Super great. Love this is 100% so neat. of it. Yeah. So he the first thing he orders is he goes he comes on his arm phone and he says deliver N1 to Ursh. And then he looks at the camera and says that's space telephone shopping. And what he gets is the skyscraper cutter, and it's basically uh, a scythe, but with a scissors at the top. Right. And he's like, for those hard-to-reach tall buildings that you want to cut, use this. And it's he's got it, and then like it glows and it extends super long, and he just starts, and it it just starts like smashing it into buildings. Uh, yeah, it's great. So the four so, the the four rangers who are not Minoru because he's on his road trip uh, yep. all show up. And he's fighting them. They like he hits them with the the chopper scythe. They manage to break that in half. He gets them with some eye lasers. They're they're doing a whole back and forth. And then yeah. we cut back to Minoru. So this is this is sort of how this episode is going to go, kind of until the end. Is that yeah? And Minoru is like he's narrating his own stuff like as a flashback. It's almost like it's, it's a travelogue. It is. It's kind of like a, oh, maybe that's what they're doing. It's, like, it's kind of like an funny. educational, like, and now I'm driving through here. And we see, like, see, like, a picture of the map and an establishing shot of where he's driving through. So he, like, he's chasing this truck all over. Minoru is, like, in his car. And then it gets through the light. And then, oh, the light turns red and he's got to stop. And he's like, oh, it's so hard to fight for traffic safety sometimes. But when he says traffic safety, he does like the henshin move. <laughs> but like a really half-hearted seated version of it. So then a bunch of kids who are waiting at the crosswalk are like, hey, is that the green racer? That is absolutely the green racer. This is him in his cool car. Let's go say hi. And they all just like jump in and on his car. And he's trying to chase after the delivery truck, which is like only a few blocks away at this point. But he can't drive because now there's a bunch of kids in the road. Yeah. Uh, so then we go back to the fight and they summon, they're like, this is the Rangers. They're like, this is dumb. Like, we're just calling Formula Nova. So like, we're going to call Formula Nova. You can get bent. So they call Formula Nova. While they do that, he hops on the horn and orders, um, horn is something... Okay, because phones used to be like curved, uh-huh. sort of like an animal's horn. So if you say you're, I'm hopping on the horn, it's because that, that meant you're like your phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna hop on the phone and I'm gonna order P27, the super beam bouncer. And what? Okay, so what's amazing is like you can see this catalog, and like 99 percent of this catalog is like a backpack, right? It's like regular sneakers. catalog stuff. Just gonna get us, but then like one percent of it is like monster stuff. And so the monster thing that he orders is the super beam bouncer. And it's basically like a reflective uh, breastplate. So he puts that on and Kiyosuke's like, I don't know where you're, I don't know what your plan is with that. It looks real dumb and you're dumb and we're going to blast you with our super laser. And they do, he didn't catch that it was called the super beam bouncer because it fires a beam. Yeah, the the beam done bounces. Yeah, it bounces. So that doesn't work. And they just get exploded. And, like, they get exploded and, like, knocked behind a building and knocked out of their henshin. And Didi Donma says, like, this is great. Whoever, those rangers have disappeared. I'm not sure who these civilians are, but they're not going to stop me. I'm just going to order tons of weapons. So he starts doing that. And then he gets on the phone. And he's like, oh, no. The line is busy. <laughs> yeah. Because, okay, back, okay. back in the day, telephones... So it's- <laughs> It used to be that when you would call a number, but that number had already called somebody, it wouldn't go directly to voicemail because they didn't necessarily, because like, that's not how it worked. The, the, you would only get voicemail if it had rung enough times that it would go to an answering machine, which was a separate device that you put a tiny tape cassette into 
and that would pick up after it didn't ring for a few times. But if the, if someone was on the line, then it wouldn't go through to the the answering machine, and you would just get a dial tone, like a busy beeping sound. It was a different yeah. sound, and you would know by and that sound you, just... you had to just wait an indeterminate amount of time and then try to call back. Yep. So then we get to Minru again, and he's like. He, he's doing this and also narrating it. He's like, I had to send Dragon Cruiser home. It was taking up too much attention. He's unhensioned. He's just meaner at this point. Uh, and he just says, I had to send Dragon Cruiser home. I just rented a car to to chase this truck. So he's in the car. And he says, oh my gosh, there it is. So he speeds up a little bit to try and catch up with this truck, this delivery truck. As soon as he speeds up, Signal Man pulls him over. Right, because Signal Man, oh, at this point they were in Hokkaido. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, real quickly, I looked this up because I was curious. To drive from Tokyo to Hokkaido, to, I'm uh, sorry, to specifically to Sapporo, which is like the capital of Hokkaido, you it is 17 hours. <laughs> and also, Hokkaido is a separate island. So, it's, it's, four, it's $200 just in tolls to get there. And then it's like another $200 to get your car across on a ferry. So if we assume that he like drove Dragon Cruiser there. Well, no, because he's following this truck and the truck isn't a super truck. Right. The truck is just going regular speed. For 17 hours. And he just followed it for 17 hours. Got on a ferry. Follow the truck on the ferry. Well, Dave, you can't drive faster than he's already going. He has to obey the traffic laws. That's a good point. So, but that so really, but, they're just. But that means that they've been fighting this guy for seventeen hours. I just okay. So, anyways, so he's like arranging the car. So he gets pulled over by uh, Signal Man, and Signal Man's like, "Hey, man, improper," because he's got this gigantic box just like strapped into his trunk. Signal Man says, "Like that is improper loading of that parcel. It's dangerous." And Peter's like. Why are you even here? Like we're in we're in Hokkaido. And he's like, oh, I was up here giving a speech on traffic safety. And then we turn back and Ichitaru is on the bike. Yes, he's with on the band. back of the motorcycle. And Vito's like, why are you here? He's like, I'm acting as Signal Man's manager during my summer vacation. Right, he's his tour manager. I would dude, guys, genuinely. I really, I do try to add in like additional jokes and not just like recap the episode for you. I can't think of anything funnier than Ichitaru just being there already. Uh, <laughs> so we get, we go back to the Rangers and Dee Dee Dom is just like mad ordering stuff. And they're like, what are we going to do? Like, why, how are we going to beat this dude? He's got a weapon for everything. And Kiyosuke is like, I, he's like, I know what we'll do. He's like cooling off period. I assume this is like a colloquialism for like you have a period like the return period. Like right. if you bought something but then you sort of cool off on it, you don't want it, you can send it back. He's like, we'll just send the stuff back. Now, of course, he's not the firm, like he's not the company, so we can't just do that. So by send the stuff back, what he means is summon his giant robot. And snatch these laser objects out of midair and then throw them back into, physically throw them back into orbit. Yes. It's a very good plan, Dave. Yeah. So they do, it's a very good plan. It works exactly as they want it to. So they do this thing and uh, Dee Dee Dom is furious. He's like, he starts flipping through the catalog again. He's like, this catalog doesn't have Emo Yokan. Which is amazing. I first of all, I love it. I love Didi Dama's commitment to a theme because everybody else just like physically went to the store where they know they can get it. And Didi Dama says, No, I do not go to stores. I order things out of this rad space telephone catalog. Right. But the problem that is, is he only has one catalog. And if they don't have it, then sadly, like, he's it. never going to get to be a giant man. So he's like, Listen. He's like, I know what I'll do. He's like, I'll just order so much stuff that they can't possibly block at all. So he starts to do this. Uh, Kiyosuke turns to Yuko and he's like, dude, Yuko, you got this. And she's like, yes, I do. She summons giant radial shield, which I assume she is the one to do because she has a shield weapon herself. Um, I think it's because she's the left arm. Oh, that would also make... Well, I mean, the left arm has the shield because she's the left arm. Um, So she summons Radio Shield and she like knocks them all away. It's super rad. But they're like, we need Minoru. Right. They're just like spinning in circles. Like 
they they're in like this weird tornado where they're just knocking things back into space as quickly as they can. And like they're they are successful, but they're not going to be able to keep this up forever. Yeah. So, we find we we get back to Hokkaido. Minoru, Signal Man, and Ichitaru, they get to the uh, the woman's house, but they see the delivery truck pulling away. So the, the delivery has gotten there, but only just. So Minoru rolls up with Signal Man and Ichitaru, and is like, hey, um, we definitely, like, there was a mistake, sorry. And the, the grandma's like, no, no, it's great, thank you so much for sending the cradle. It's so weird how new cradles look, though, but, like, the kid's loving it. And we just see, like, this toddler like fumbling around on top of giga booster which it looks i mean it looks like a race car bed kind of except not a it does look like a rad cool race car bed um but there's a big (laughs) button in the back that will blow up a mountain which i i never had a race car bed but i assume they are not uh, designed to do that uh i yeah um, well again i've never had one either but i think you're i just have to assume that you're correct so, <laughs> um, the grandma says, she's like, listen, she's like, he's having a great time. And Mina was just like, yeah, but if he touches that dial, it will explode and we'll all die. And she's like, oh, well, that's bad, obviously. And she's like, well, he really likes jokes. And they're like, what? She's like, he's always watching comedians on television. He really likes jokes. Maybe you can do that to distract him. Uh, they're dealing with things exactly wrong because this is a very small baby and he's all of like 10 feet away. They could cover this distance and grab him before he touched anything. Well, I mean, Minoru tries to, but when he does, the baby sort of like gets a little closer. Like as he approaches the baby, the baby approaches the button. And he's like... Right, I... Yes, but I mean, <laughs> that assumes that like the baby is a supervillain who's like taunting him. The baby's just sort of meandering on this toy. Like, he's not like, ah, don't get close. I will hit the button and destroy us all. I will end my <laughs> I will end my new life and take you with me, you bastard. Like, that's not... He's just goofing around right, right. on the Giga Booster. But Minoru is like, okay, um, okay. You need jokes? I got this. And Signal Man says, yes, I also have this. Yeah. Uh, spoiler, they do not No, have according this. to Signal Man, he was one time in a, uh, a like, a competition show called Spoiler. It's like America's Got Talent, but it's like Space Has Comedians or something. Space Has Got Comedians yeah. is how they translated it. So they go over and they have procured a microphone. Uh, it's not plugged into anything. But you, it's not plugged into but anything. In, it's a microphone. If you don't have a microphone, you're not doing stand-up comedy. And so they just start to do like a, a pair of jokes. And all the I think the jokes are all supposed to be pumped. Yeah, I don't understand do any of translate. them. None of them, none of them, but I do, we're not missing anything because they're supposed to be very bad jokes and the little kid does not like them either. Uh, and so he just continues to like goof with, with this thing. We go back to the fight and Didi Donma has ordered the Robo Slipper XL. It arrives. He opens the package. It's a banana peel. He throws the banana peel. It becomes giant. And so, of course, uh, instead of not stepping on it, uh, RV Robo immediately steps on it. Yeah. Uh, now, and then he orders also a hundred, he orders a hundred mini bombs. I had this thought, Matt, because the company you work for is basically uh, Japanese Amazon, right? So he's almost definitely ordering from Rakuten. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that's necessarily I mean, space the case. Right. I like evil space Rakuten, which is very different. Evil space Rakuten. And so, like, do you, are you sort of, do you have some conflicting loyalties here? No, I mean, I don't, like, I, well, I don't, I don't work directly for Rakuten. It's, it's more of a, it's like a subsidiary setup. Um, anyways, so he's got a hundred mini bombs in a box and uh, that's exactly what it sounds like. They are monogrammed. He points out they are monogrammed. He's like, no, he's like doing an infomercial for it. He's like, they'll do your name on it. And so... Uh, we go back and they're they're doing more. I again, I just have to assume very bad puns. Kid does not tell it. Kid does not like it. They're like, oh no, what are we gonna do? Ichitaru gets up, tells one joke that again, I just have to assume is funny. Uh, kid loves it. 
And they're like, boom. As soon as the kid loves it, they run in. They pick kid up off of Giga Booster. And they're like, great. That problem is solved, at least. We've got to get back to the fight. Oh, no, wait. We're in Hokkaido. Right. We'll never make it back in time. So we, we cut back to the fight. And it's not going super well. Uh, RV Robo hasn't been able to stand up. DD Donma is just throwing bomb after bomb at him, or at them rather. And he's like, "Okay, we're about done here. I just need to order the goodbye hero cannon, and then all will be well. I can just yep. shoot this cannon at them, and then it will be goodbye heroes." So he, yeah. he he punches in the order, and then immediately a box hits him in the head, and he falls off of a building. Yes, uh, so that's amazing. And the box bursts open, and it's Minoru with Giga Booster. He has delivered himself. There's a, a small explosion, and he's like, oh, this is excellent. I'm here. Get ready. Where, where's that bozo? I'm, I'm going to find him. And <laughs> stands up behind him, and um, uh, Giga Booster... He's like, Giga Booster, attack! Giga Booster is sentient, apparently. Or at least capable of, like, independent action. Uh, Dini Dama's like, bombs, 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 bombs! Giga Booster does not care, and he just blasts. Uh, blasts. He has, oh, yeah, sorry. Giga Booster has, like, a plane mode? Right, Giga Booster. into, like, a race car plane? Yeah, it, it's kind of the same shape and dimensions as Giga Formula. Like, it's, like, the size of a, sort of a small um, go-kart. But instead of getting pulled apart and being individual weapons. It has like a plane mode. And then it also, it's got a few modes. Yeah, it's very cool. So, um, we find out, they're like, how did you, how did you get back? And he's like, oh yeah, <clears throat> I knew I wasn't going to get, get back in time. Here's how he gets back. He gets in the box with obviously Giga Booster. Giga Formula, Giga Booster, Giga Booster. Giga Booster, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Signal Man has summoned Sirender. I don't know how it gets there. Sirender picks up the box with Minoru in it, hurls it into orbit <laughs> from Hokkaido to Tokyo from downtown, one on a million shot, nails, nails Didi Danma. It's astonishing that that didn't kill Didi Danma. That's a lot of fun. It's also astonishing that it didn't kill Minoru. It's astonishing that it didn't kill Minoru. So then they're like, Sick, and then the uh, the hero cannon arrives, and Didi Donbas is like, "It's on now. I've got a hero cannon, the most powerful cannon in space. You suckers are in for it." And they're like, "Yeah, well, we have Giga Booster. Let's see who wins. Uh, it's cannon v cannon. Obviously, uh, Giga Booster wins immediately. There is no question as to whether or not which one is going to win. Yeah, this is yeah. This is just, um, and then that's it for Didi Donba because dude didn't have any emo yoke. Yeah, um. So, after the fight, the four of them are sort of talking to Minoru, and they're really annoyed. They're like, we have been here, fighting, this entire time, and you were in Hokkaido doing stand-up comedy. Like, how is this fair? And he's like, I, he's like guys, I just, I had, what, was, what else was I going to do? I had to. And they're like, fine, you're, you're going to do stand-up? Let's hear, let's hear a joke. And he's like, he's going to start to tell his own joke. He's like, wait, my jokes are terrible. Let me use Ichitaru's joke. So he starts to tell it. And then they all, they all deliver the punchline. And they're like, you're, this is terrible. You're terrible. We're still annoyed with you. The jokes are bad. We're, just, we're all just leaving. Right. Like they all just like march away. They all away. march away. Like they have really like exaggerated marching away. Yeah, no, they're clearly messing and with And then um, uh, Dragon Thunder is still there. And Minoru's like, ah, Dragon Thunder, at least you haven't left me. You're still my friend. You're my only friend. And he goes to lean on Dragon Thunder, and Dragon Thunder just, like, puts itself in reverse and starts backing up away from him. Yeah, uh, it's, it's Brad. Um, and then that, that in fact is it. Yes, that is the end of this very good episode. Uh, Dave, but it's not the end of our episode, because first, we need to decide where Didi Danpa lands in the Creature Royale. Uh, Didi Danma. Danma, thank you. Um, yeah, BB Danpa is the, the Beethoven of space. Ah, the Beethoven of space. So, yeah. Beethoven of the so, galaxy? I like the universe? Dude. Something like that? I forget. Uh, yeah, maybe that was it. I love this so guy. So I like this, this guy's very quite good. a bit. I, 
Yeah. He's got a great hook. Um, he doesn't have the sort of like heart, I think, um, that that would like boost him into the very top. I, I don't think he's got, you know, he's not Susupaman, um, but he's he is still very, very good. So I think he is, you know, definitely top 50. Like he's, he's in, a comedy monster, like, but a very good comedy monster. He's a, Right, and again, it's like an interesting hook. It's a cool power. It's something like it's just it's buck wild. We've never seen anything like it before. Okay, Matt. Uh, you know, I'm looking around. Uh, we don't. The only top fifty monster that I would say is sort of like expressly. He's not expressly supposed to be comedic, but I think he was funny. Was uh, HH Dio, the baseball monster from a few episodes ago? Okay. He's spot number fifty nine, and I like him better than that. Uh, well, we. Uh... Vivi Gorin, the the Olympian, like the Olympic torch, is at forty four. No, I don't. Oh, man, that's tough. I don't think I like him as much as Vivi Gorin. Okay. Uh, and then uh, yeah, because LL Onene is a few below that, and she made um, Naoki ride a bike a lot, and she had a bicycle yes. gang, and that was very good. Yeah. So I'm looking at like fifty seven is sort of my bottom. 47 is sort of my toppies. He's in that space in there. Uh, and in there, we've got Binbogami, the, the poor, poor boy from Kaku Ranger, Omukata, the football centipede, um, that was also an evil Santa. Yes, yes. In the, Light in the village of the Santas. Yeah, Bakuki, the illusionist. Uh, Kasha, the cool fireworks monster, also from Kaku Ranger. Um, Umibozu, the navy monster. Um, I, th- I think I might, maybe... Well, how do you feel about the... Uh, Above a light armadillo. That's, yeah, that's actually, let's go with it. That's exactly where I was thinking. So he's cooler than light armadillo. Not quite as cool as Barra Brain or Barra Crusher. And that puts him in at the new slot, slot number 52. i tell you what, uh, Car Ranger has been, after hanging out at the bottom of the list for the first half of the season, they have been making a strong showing in the last few episodes. Yeah, they really have been. These have all been really cool, cool monsters. Yes, Dave, that is going to do it for another episode of License to Car Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in your iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get the show. That would be very lovely of you. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Uh, to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do that all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Speaking of other things that you might be interested in, Dave. Yeah, if you are interested in playtesting this game that we have uh, that I have written and you haven't gotten a hold of us yet, uh, thanks so much, Jake and Robert and Alex and Michael, for, for getting in touch and uh, if you would like to playtest this game, we'd love to have you do it. Or, or even if you just want to kind of take a look at the rules and, and shoot me your thoughts and feedback, I'd love to hear it. Um, you can get a hold of me at gosentaiheroes at gmail.com. That's G-O-S-E-N-T-A-I-H-E-R-O-E-S. Uh, no punctuation or anything at gmail.com. Looking forward to hearing from people. All right. Well, um, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.